Hello, this is a special episode of My Own Two Hands, a public affairs program focused on sustainability in the Roaring Fork Valley and beyond. My name is Adrian Victor Fielder. I am a volunteer DJ here at KDNK and assistant dean up at the old Colorado Mountain College. I'm here today with a couple of special people. Uh, first of all, Jerome Austin Towski of the Central Rocky Mountain Permaculture Institute. We have invited Jerome on the show today uh, because he will be meeting with the Roaring Fork Valley Planning Committee in a preliminary attempt to receive a special use permit from Eagle County to continue educational operations on his property. A member of the Roaring Fork community since 1970, Jerome's Permaculture Institute has served as an educational pillar for sustainable agriculture for many people in the valley and around the world. The public is welcome to attend the meeting for the special use permit that will happen on Thursday, July 7th at 2.30 p.m. at the Elgebel County Courthouse. So we'll give you more information about how you can get involved in that conversation because I know you want to be involved. That's why we are bringing you this information. Good to have you today, Jerome. Well, thanks for being here. And we have another special guest, um, Maya Ward, uh, who has been working on the special use permit for maybe over over a year now. So um, she's going to come on and and talk a little bit about the history of, of what we've gone through so far up to date and where where we think where are the challenges uh, going forward and getting this thing passed at the uh, planning department and then at the county commissioner level. Maya Ward Carrot is a licensed architect and owner and principal at Earthbound Architecture. Maya, it's good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you doing this show. Can you go and give us a little history of, of what we've gone through? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Jerome's property where he's been operating the Central Rocky Mountain Permaculture Institute is in what's known as a resource zoning in Eagle County. And a few years ago, I believe there was a complaint about the amount of traffic going up and down the road for the agricultural educational events that he holds on site, and that triggered a review by the county to see exactly what was going on and whether what he is doing at his um, home and institute is in keeping with the zoning regulations, the long-term plan, and the vision for the area. Um, so they asked us to go ahead and write up a summary of what operations occur on the property, which we did, and since then we've been in negotiations back and forth with how best to explain what is being done in terms that can be understood um, by the county staff and planning commission and how it can be shown to be in keeping with the land use regulations. The major hurdle we've come across is that agricultural education is not a specific use that is allowed in any zoning in Eagle County that we are aware of. And so what Jerome does on his property with the 
Central Rocky Mountain Permaculture Institute is what's commonly known as a demonstration farm, where he uses the property to uh, test new theories, try out permaculture techniques, invites people to come and learn about those techniques so that they can then replicate them in other places. So throughout the past year or so, we've gone back and forth with the county staff, and they've tried to sort of push what's being done into various categories that none of them quite fit because they all are much more commercial in nature than what we think is actually happening and what we propose to continue happening at the Central Rocky Mountain Permaculture Institute. So we're going before the Planning Commission on Tuesday with our official application, which we've gone through several sufficiency reviews, several rounds of comments, and um, two full revisions, uh, which are all available online through the county website for review, if anybody would like to have a look at them. And in our latest application, we're really trying to simplify the understanding of what we're doing and what we're asking can continue to happen on Jerome's property. And what we are asking for are, in essence, all things that would be allowed by right if Jerome's property was 35 acres in size in this particular zoning district. Unfortunately, his lot is smaller. It's just under eight acres. And as a result, he had to get a subdivision exemption um, to prove that his lot meets the requirements for this area, despite being a little bit smaller. As a result, we have to go through a special um, use review for things that would normally be allowed by rights. So agriculture is allowed by rights on his lot, and um, dwellings for persons employed or principally or seasonally in an agricultural use on a lot of 35 acres would also be allowed by rights. Since we don't have those 35 acres on this lot, we are fighting um, to get permission to allow um, short-term stays by students who come to the property to learn about the permaculture techniques and methods that Jerome does such a wonderful job of showcasing on his property. What we're doing is really asking for a slight extension of the typical understanding of the definition of agriculture. And when you get into the technicalities of it, there is a caveat that says an agricultural use may include those activities necessary to operate the agricultural business. And as many of the listeners probably know, operating a small-scale sustainable agricultural farm um, in Colorado is not an easy task and very difficult to make financially viable without community support. Many farms choose to get that community support through community agricultural or CSAs. Other farms do it by hosting weddings or farm-to-table events. And then many have gone this demonstration farm route where they really move to the forefront of the industry to try to push the boundaries of what's possible um, and showcase different ways of growing that are lighter on the environment um, and better for humans and animals and the environment as a whole. And that's what Jerome has really been doing on his property since the 70s and what we're hoping we can get permission to continue doing on his property. Oh, that's really interesting. So Colorado being a right to farm state, essentially you're making Mm -hmm. the case that in order to have that right and to to apply it, uh, Jerome needs to be able to receive the people who do work on on the property. And and that includes 
his students. Yes. So we're basically saying that, you know, he is allowed to do agriculture by rights. And the definition of agriculture in the Eagle County Land um, Land Use Code, the Eagle County Land Use Code, includes a statement that says agricultural use may include those activities necessary to operate agricultural businesses. And we dug into code documents for surrounding counties and Chaffee County, Boulder County, Garfield County, and many other counties in Colorado have started to add in these accessory agricultural uses to their code definition to codify what is being seen throughout the state and the nation in that in order to support small-scale agriculture, we have to broaden the scope of what that really means. Excellent. So is there um, a need uh, to present some of the alignment with not just the land use code, but with other stated goals or values of the county? Yeah, absolutely. And in our application, we have done that. So in our opinion, everything that Jerome is doing on his property is in very clear alignment with the Eagle Valley Comprehensive Plan and with the future land use management plan. The planning staff has a slightly different opinion of that than us, but we've gone through and looked at the stated goals. For example, um, one of the core values in the Eagle County or Eagle Valley Comprehensive Plan states, Eagle County epitomizes economic sustainability and is a place where decision-making balances the environmental, economic, and social needs of its residents. We feel that what Jerome is doing at Crimpy absolutely epitomizes that statement in that he is sustainably producing agricultural products on site and making it economically sustainable by inviting people to the property to learn how to do those same techniques on their own properties, whether that be in Colorado, the greater United States, or across the world. That's a really important point because... Um, even with the right to farm, that's going to mean nothing if we don't have farmers. So we also have to grow farmers. Yes, one of the biggest problems uh, with, um, you know, agriculture in in the United States and in the local valley is training farmers. And uh, there aren't any, basically, any farm schools. And Crimpy has been sort of an ad hoc farm school for the last uh, 37 years, teaching permaculture and organic uh, uh, carbon farming, permaculture, and using animals integrated into the system. And uh, we have a, our, you know, our demonstration farm is just really an amazing place. It's probably one of the longest uh, food forests, one of the longest established food forests in the, in the world, actually. Um, and every year it gets better because we innovate and we add new elements and we connect new elements. Well, I have to say, Jerome, that in addition to the wonders of your site itself, um, I, I have to give, I have to lift up the amazing work that you've done in building permanent culture, not just permanent agriculture. I mean, your PDC course, your permaculture design certificate course, is, I do believe, the longest continuously running PDC course in the world. Yes, it is. And then we actually helped jumpstart the, the PDC class that you teach at um, at the local college, right, CMC. And Absolutely. You've been coming and um, uh, bringing your class, and we have Stephanie Sison, who's one of the teachers, one of my teachers, is now is one of your teachers, and um, 
you also helped out uh, at a class in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, and you'll be teaching um, at, at our class um, this July, uh, if we get this permission to do that class. Well, we don't do it on my site. We'll have to do it on another site. I'm, uh, I'm 80, I'll be 81, and, um, and we still have to keep the education operation going, plus do all of this extra stuff that um, on the side and having to um, do my, most of our classes off-site. Uh, it's been, been pretty stressful for me, and um, I'm, waiting, I'm really ready for this to be over so we can, I can get on with my life and uh, turn this operation over to the next generation. So that's my plan, and we're hoping that we can get enough support uh, from the local community to, to you know, make this stuff happen. So let's talk about how people can lend their voice to the conversation. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, there are two public meetings coming up at the Elgebel County Courthouse. The first one is on Thursday, July 7th at 2.30 p.m., And if that one is successful, meaning if the SUP is presented and understood by the county and the county staff decide to move forward in presenting the SUP request to the county commissioners, then the following meeting would be the one where the decision is actually made. Um, But that's not a given. It depends on whether or not the... um, the, the, the next meeting is successful. So um, your next and first opportunity to show up in person again is July 7th at 2.30 p.m. at the Elgebel County Courthouse, and we'll keep you updated about the next opportunity uh, based on what happens at that meeting. And um, apparently, um, I know because I did this myself, uh, it is possible to send your thoughts to Eagle County uh, regarding this SUP by writing a letter and sending it as an email to the following email address, planningcomments at eaglecounty.us. And you want to put in the subject line, crimpy, that is C-R-M-P-I, S-U-P, and then the letter Z is in zebra, S as in Sam dash nine one seven zero dash twenty twenty one. They can also go on our website. Yeah, that's at crimpy uh, crimpy.org, yes. It's also my understanding that the hearings um, will be broadcast and that there is an opportunity to attend virtually. Right. And we already have probably hundred and fifty letters or emails of support from all over the world. Uh, that we've been, that some of them are, half of them are already in the special use permit in the document itself, and then the other ones are being sent directly to the county. Well, I'd love to give our listeners a little sense of uh, some of the information that might um, help in uh, your uh, application. Maya, you mentioned that um, there is a, a different opinion on the part of the county as far as uh, whether this. Um, special use permit was in alignment with their goals. Um, could you say a little bit more about that? Do, do they have specific objections that they've raised that we could speak to in our letters? Yeah, absolutely. So the main hurdle that we're coming across is um, the fact that the current Eagle County Land Use Code has a very vague definition of agricultural use and has 
no definite no use category for agricultural education or demonstration farm. So we are now on working with, I believe, the fifth planner since we started this process, and they've had a lot of turnover. And each person we've worked with has had a different opinion as to what the most um, similar use that they could evaluate this would be under. So initially, they told us that we should apply as an educational facility. The next planner told us, no, that doesn't really apply. You should apply under mass gatherings and um, an RV park. And once we wrote that all up, the next planner said, that doesn't make any sense. You should apply as a resort recreation facility. We said, okay, we don't agree with that, but if that's what you're asking, we'll write it up that way. We wrote up our application as a resort recreation facility with a ton of exceptions because that's not really what it is. And then they came back and said, well, that's a commercial use. You can't do that in a um, residential area, which is why we are now sort of disregarding their specific advice and really pushing for the agricultural use. And so what listeners can do to help in their letters is to really express their experience, um, if they're a student or a participant at Crimpy, um, to really emphasize the hands-on component of what they did on the property, explain um, what they were learning and how it is truly agricultural in nature. Um, they can also help by um, arguing against the resort recreation facility, which is defined as a facility for recreation, such as skiing or mountain biking or um, fishing, things like that. So currently staff is presenting our application as if it was for a resort or recreation facility and then telling us that we have to be denied because that use is not consistent with the rest of the um, zoning regulations for this area. So what we really need support with is to demonstrate that, you know, what Jerome has going on his property is a working farm. It is an agricultural production facility that has an educational component. And we're also going through um, an ADU application for the cabin. I've spent about a quarter of a million dollars to refurbish the cabin as an off-the-grid uh, living space. Um, and that's all permitted, and we're hope that is that application is going in with uh, that'll make our um, site uh, much more economically viable. Uh, we could either rent that out or long term, or use it for employee housing. Uh, so that's really an important part of this special application is to get the ADU permitted. And the accessory dwelling unit is another item that would be a use by rights if um, the lot was 35 acres, but is a special use review for anything smaller than that, which is why it's included in this application. Um, and can I circle back a little to the vision for the valley and the community and how what Jerome does fits in with that? Yes, so please. So part of the, the Mid-Valley Community Area Plan they have a variety of planning goals, but in particular, one of their planning goal and policy item number 10 is to, quote, preserve agriculture land uses and rural character and encourage local crop and food production, end quote. I don't think you could argue that what Jerome is asking to do is out of line in any way with what that states. 
is he's trying to preserve the agricultural land use and rural character by growing local crops and food production in a sustainable manner that is, as we've mentioned, permanent to the location. So it's not something that he can pick up and move to a different site because of the nature of the truly sustainable methodologies that he uses on site. The other thing is that we only have um, two major courses. Uh, So we only actually are going to be teaching up there for about a month every year. Uh, We have an eight-day course, we have a nine-day course, and we have three or four weekend courses. So it's not like we have um, buses coming up there every day for the whole summer. It's a very limited uh, uh, educational uh, component. So in our application, we're asking for a total of 41 days where there would be visitors coming to the site for courses um, in agricultural education. And that would only happen May through October. So it really is a very narrow scope of additional use that we're asking for um, to allow this farm to be able to function throughout the year and be both economically viable and continue to operate as it's my understanding that many of the longer courses have a very hands-on component where students help to build swales, they help to do plantings, they weed the forest garden, they do chop and drop, they participate in many of the activities that are sort of everyday parts of running a permaculture farm. Learn where you work. That's why we. Uh, it's one of our uh, mantras at, at Crimpy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that that's what keeps people coming back too. That is also the tenant or the core reason that we believe that everything that we're asking for is truly an agricultural use. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So speaking of Michael Thompson, uh, we would love to bring him in to help us wrap up this conversation. Um, As Jerome mentioned, he's a founding partner, another licensed architect uh, at Ecosystems Designs. And Michael, we'd love to bring you in. Uh, Maya, thanks so much for uh, being on the, on the show. You've been really helped us a lot. My pleasure. I hope that all the editing goes well. Thank you. Yeah, that's very helpful. Well, well done. <laughs> good, good luck with the application. All right. Take care. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Doing very well, thanks. How oh, great. Doing? Hanging in there after a little snowstorm. It's all wet up here. I think Jerome's got snow. So, Jerome, uh, Jerome did not buy this land that he lives on with permaculture in mind. Uh, he bought it as a place to build himself a house, and uh, that lot was was uh, legal at the time, in a way, and it was way back in the '70s. So it was kind of before a lot of the land use planning and zoning came to pass an eagle. Um, But Jerome discovered permaculture uh, after he had bought the land, and he attempted to grow his own food in a most unlikely steep hillside pinion juniper forest, and over time succeeded so well that he impressed so many people uh, and brought the world literally to to his site to see what he was doing. And working with Jerome as a greenhouse design 
designer, architect, consultant uh, for the last, well, we're going on about 15 years now. Um, it's been, uh, I'm just amazed at how many people around the world have taken what Jerome has discovered and put it to use in so many ways. Um, you don't find very many of them doing it on a really large scale, like you see genetically modified agriculture practiced in the U.S. Uh, we don't see anybody on, with thousands of acres practicing permaculture. It's really a small scale and very nature-friendly uh, art and science. And so it's just important uh, that we recognize what Crimpy has done for the world, not just this valley and state of Colorado, um, but I think it's essential to understand that it, the site is took Jerome almost 40 years to bring it to where it is now, and you don't just shut that down and take an 80-year-old wizard and put him on some other piece of land and expect uh, him to reach back to that level anytime soon. So those are the essential things for me, is that Crimpy's been uh, globally important uh, and needs to continue. Uh, and we need the farms that are doing regenerative agriculture in Eagle County and other counties around here. We need them all to be able to do farming education on their on their farms. That's going to be essential for this movement back to local agriculture. Yeah, that's got to be part of the design. Indeed. To, to grow the farmers. Yeah. It really strikes me how aligned uh, the results of, of Jerome's work over the years are really with this moment in time. Um, this is a time when uh, anthropogenic global climate change is uh, upon us. And it's noteworthy that to get ready for this climate emergency we're experiencing, Eagle County actually has a community resiliency plan that really gets into into detail about climate adaptation strategies, uh, such as water conservation, wildfire preparedness and mitigation, preserving snowpack and stream flows for the tourism economy, and uh, promoting things like agritourism as part of an overall plan for economic diversification in a world of climate chaos. So these are all things permaculture has been developing for a long, long time and bringing back into consciousness of people. Food forests, for example, uh, like any forest, create microclimates that produce precipitation and extend snowpack. And swales, uh, a thing that Jerome has plenty of on his property, uh, slow the runoff of water, allowing it to seep into the soil, uh, slowing down soil erosion, in fact, reversing it, building soil, building soil moisture. And all that vegetation on swales actually acts as fire breaks by slowing down winds and reducing evaporation. What's nice about permaculture is that you have, you have all these opportunities. It's just, you know, if you can imagine different ways of income generation, uh, and they can be just 
uh, infinite when it comes to um, an agricultural, um, all the value-added things we can do. And that's what we, we teach at, at Crimpy is, you know, we can, we can make money and make, generate an income, you know, 15 different ways off, uh, you know, one acre of a, of a forest garden and greenhouses on a, on a piece of rock that we built soils on over the last you know, 35 years, built soils from carbon farming, from just bringing in organic matter and working with the soil food web and worms and uh, just letting the natural processes take their, do the work for us. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Yeah, thank you, Michael and Maya. And you bet. My pleasure. This has been another episode of My Own Two Hands. Thanks for tuning in. And as a reminder, uh, you can participate in the planning of your community uh, and contribute to the greater good by showing up for Jerome and Crimpy on Thursday, July 7th at 2.30 p.m. at the El Jebel County Courthouse. And possibly the county commissioners will decide on that uh, at their following meeting in late July. We'll keep you posted about that. Um, thanks for listening and get your voice heard, folks. It's your community. We need you. With my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands.